So Money Episode 154, Ask Farnoosh. You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru, Farnoosh Torabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life? Welcome to So Money. Welcome back to So Money. I'm your host, Farnoosh Tarabi. This is Sunday, June 14th. Ask Farnoosh time, going through my mail and seeing what is on your money mind. Hope you're having a really, really great weekend. Let's get going. We've got, let's see, a question here from Jason. He says, hey, Farnoosh, my wife and I are 36. We've got two kids, ages four and two. We just finished paying off our house. Seriously? That's awesome. Congrats. What should we do with all that extra money? Wow. That's a good question. That's a nice question. It's a good place to be in, Jason. Yeah. High five to you and your wife for paying off that mortgage. That's pretty remarkable. Man, I don't know. What should you do with all that extra money? Uh, I suppose uh, if I were you, I would project where you all want to be in the next few years. You know, do you want to maybe buy a vacation home? Do you want to um, send your kids to private school? Do you want to? Well, first, I'd also ask, how are your rainy day savings doing? How is your rainy savings uh, account functioning? Like, do you have at least six to nine months reserved? If you don't, maybe you want to cushion that. How's retirement doing? Do you guys feel like you're doing okay as far as retirement planning and retirement investing? If not, maybe that's where some of that extra money would go. And so it's really about making sure that your foundation is still strong. So paying off your home at 36, that's awesome. And maybe if this is a house that you plan to live in for, you know, this is your forever house, then that's awesome. You don't have to worry about a mortgage for the rest of your life again, unless maybe you take on a second property. I would also consider, because you have two kids now, how are their college savings accounts doing? Do you even have them set up for them? So if you don't, that's something that I think would need attention, would should merit some attention. If you feel as though they're not very um, – they're, they're not really full or they don't have enough in there for where, you know, being that they're only four, but like say in the next 14 years, the next 16 years, they're going to go off to school. Have you done those projections? What will school cost back, you know, at that point? And how much do you want to contribute? And so I think you want to look at some, you want to look down the road. Maybe it's that you also start working with a financial planner to help guide you through this maze a little bit and really distill what it is that you uh, we need to plan for what your priorities should be, given that you have kids. So I, that's uh, that's the conversation that I would be having with your wife. That I might want to bring in a financial advisor too to get you know a, th- a second, third opinion. And but the good news is is that you have a lot of options, and that is financial freedom in my book. You know, being able to now the fact that you're asking this question, what should we do with all that extra money? It's a good place to be in, and you're going to be okay. Just make sure that you really stick to what it what is important to you and your family and your goals and dedicate the money to achieving those particular goals, both in the long, long run, like college and beyond, retirement, and in the interim. You know, So whether you want to maybe invest in another property or send your kids to private school, plan a vacation, you know, this is where life gets fun. And congratulations for climbing that mountain. 
Marianne asks, my daughter's going into her third year of law school. We've been helping her by giving her $1,400 a month. She graduated from a top 20 university with no loans due to a generous financial package. We paid her room and board and spending, which was $25,000 a year. If we don't help her with her third year of law school, she will end up with $120,000 in law school loans. I mean, am I understanding this right? So she got a, a great financial package, but... Oh, but it was a loan. It wasn't, I was thinking like scholarship. We are running out of money now after also paying for our 21-year-old's bachelor's degree. Should we help our daughter with her third year or should we catch up on our growing bills? Help. Marianne, it's, um, it's a, you're like, it's like rock, it feels like a rock in a hard place, but I will tell you that just based on my conversations with people that, uh, that are in your similar situation and, and perhaps even older, the ones who are in retirement, I don't think you're going to regret having taken the time now to really save for yourself, for your future. If you're telling me that you don't have much of a retirement, that you don't have, that you're having a hard time just even paying your own bills, forget retirement, then I think you know what you have to do. Your daughter's a big girl. Um, $120,000 is scary. But the good news is that hopefully she finds that really lucrative job. You know, she's graduating from a top 20 law school. She'll hopefully be qualified for a good job that pays six figures as a lawyer. This is something that she needs to inherit as her own financial responsibility at this point. You guys have been very generous helping her with her housing and her books and paying her a monthly stipend. It's got to stop. And she was very fortunate that she had you to do that for her. I think that at this point, if you're recognizing that you are financially fragile as an individual, as you know, someone who's got to worry about your own financial needs and retirement, I think it's time to have a conversation with your daughter and just be honest and say, look, we want to help you. We have been helping you. It is our honor to help you. We, you know, we, we, we want to see you achieve your goal to become a lawyer. But at the same time, you know, we have to also be conscious about our growing needs as a cop, as a family and retirement's, you know, not too far off. And we want to be able to retire comfortably and not have to be stressed at that point. And um, we want to be able to enjoy our retirement, to be able to spend time with you wherever you end up moving. We want to visit you and we don't want to be strapped. And, you know, we definitely don't want to ever be in a situation where we're in our retirement and needing money from you, our rich lawyer daughter. <laughs> You know, it's, I jest, but it's, uh, it's something that a lot of parents are going through. You know, we, we talk a lot about, we know a lot about at least, um, the sort of sandwich generation of maybe 30 year old, 40 year olds who are supporting their own kids. And then also their parents, because their parents didn't save quite as much or enough for retirement. So I think you need to just kind of apply a little bit of tough love to your daughter, but it's not even that tough. I mean, she, if she's going to graduate and get that good, great big job, hopefully she will, then, you know, she theoretically should be able to pay off that six-figure loan, assuming she doesn't go extra, she doesn't have this extravagant lifestyle, you know, that she's smart about how she's paying for things like housing and food, and she budgets smart, and she prioritizes those loans. So she sounds like a smart lady. So that would be my honest to goodness advice. Chris asks, Farnoosh, I love listening to your podcast. Great advice from you and your guests. I have a 401k and I'm considering opening a traditional IRA as well. Is that a good idea to open one even though I currently have a 401k? I would also love to know your thoughts on target date funds on 401k accounts. 
My 401k is currently invested in a target date fund, and I just read an article by Jeff Rose saying that we should not invest in one. Wanted to know your thoughts about these particular funds. Uh, Sure. Well, Chris, first to answer your first question, which is I have a 401k, you're considering a traditional IRA as well. I would say that if you feel as though you're, you might be, so the way that a 401k works and the way that a traditional IRA IRA works as far as taxes go is similar. So you're going to be able to get the same tax kind of, same kind of tax benefit. The money that you contribute to the fund will be, um, you'll be able to lower your taxable income with that contribution, which is great. And you save today, and then in the future, you pay taxes on your withdrawals. If you feel as though your 401k at work is limiting in so far as the kinds of mutual fund options and investment options they have for you, then maybe a, a traditional IRA beyond that is would be attractive because then you'll be able to get access to a, a, a more funds, a diverse array of funds to help you just stay better diversified and have better access to uh, ways to grow your money. And um, if you also feel as though your 401k, you've, you know, if you've maxed that out, you've put in the, I think it's $18,000 this year, you've done the most that you can and you want to save more, well, then that's when an IRA is handy. You can open one up. I believe it's $5,500 uh, annually to contribute. If you're playing catch up, then it's um, in, your, in your older years, I believe it's $6,000. But so those would be like the two scenarios or all of the above when it makes sense to open up a traditional IRA. You want access to more diversity of, of assets and um, funds that your 401k is not necessarily providing. Um, and or you've maxed out your 401k and you want another way to save for retirement. Great vehicle, traditional IRA. So that's the answer to the first question. Your second question is about target date funds. You know, target date funds are controversial. I've, I've read Jeff's article. Jeff's a friend of mine. He's a fantastic um, guy and also expert, personal finance expert. He's a CFP. He's a financial planner. His website, just to give him a shout out, check it out. It's jeffrosefinancial.com. And then he's also got a blog called goodfinancialsense.com. He's on Twitter at J. Jeff Rose. I should have him on the podcast, actually. It's, it's time. Jeff, if you're listening, get in touch or I'll get in touch with you. But so he doesn't like target date funds. His argument is that, you know, they've been target date funds just to, sort of to, to educate everybody who may not know, because you can't assume everybody knows what a target date fund is. It's essentially a, a type of mutual fund that is... Usually you find these target date funds and they'll say, you know, target date 2020, target date 2030, target date 2040. That year uh, implies that's the year that you're planning to retire. And so given that time length, that time frame between now and 2040 or now and 2050, that fund is designed in such a way to adjust for risk as you get closer and closer and closer to that target date of retirement. So if you're 20 years old now and you're going to retire in 40 years, so that would be in 20, like 55, then right now the target date fund, in, you know, as just generally speaking, it would be um, a little riskier, a lot riskier than what it would be at the closer and closer you would, you get to retirement. So it's very convenient and it, they're sold on their convenience that you don't have to worry about asset allocation. You don't have to worry about rebalancing. We do it for you automatically. Um, Its target date will determine 
how the fund is uh, designed as far as the you know how risky it is, and then it'll adjust to be less risky as you approach retirement. So people love them because they are convenient. Um, however, Jeff takes the position that they don't really return much. They're what did he call them? He said they're they're crappy or something. <laughs> He's very clear, crystal clear about how he felt about them, just because he believes in active management of your fund. And you know his pitch was look. Scrap the target date funds. Their returns are no good. They're very small. And then, you know, on top of that, there's fees probably attached to them. So they're actually not good for your portfolio. Instead, you would benefit, you'd be more, you'd benefit more from handpicking investments, creating your own kind of DIY target date fund that a financial planner could help you with. And he's a financial planner, so you know, let's take let's be honest here. It's it's his to his advantage to say this. But I th- I think he's being honest too. Um that you know this is you would be far better off if you hired someone to help you pick and choose assets that met your, you know, retirement date, your risk tolerance that were uh, just a little more um handpicked. You know, like kind of go at, do like an a la carte approach. You have to pay for that. It doesn't come free. So you got to work with a financial planner. And so there's there's a caveat to that. So what do I think? I think uh, like any investment, you need to do your homework, do your research. Not all target date funds are lousy. Some are great. It depends on the performance that you can track performance. You can see performance. You can go to sites like Yahoo Finance, Morningstar. A lot of times they have the historical uh, price charts and return charts that you can see how funds have performed over a period of time. And you can use that as context for you as you decide where to put your money. And if your 401k does in fact have lousy target date funds that have lousy returns, then maybe you want to go and work with a financial planner or just call the 401k plan administrator and say, I don't want to do the target date fund. I want to do something that's a little more Specific to me, I don't like the returns that I'm seeing. Is there a way to maybe create something a little more unique for me that, um, you know, acknowledges that I'm not going to retire for a while, that I also don't want to take me, but I want to be maybe moderate to very risky right now and then change that as time goes on. Help is out there for you. And that's, I think, the real takeaway is that don't just assume, don't just be sold on a product because it's quote unquote convenient. Um, really do the research, ask the right questions. It sounds like you are reading up on this. That's great. And um, be your biggest financial advocate. If you find out that these funds are lousy because their track records are poor, then um, don't invest in them. You know, Go find something that's better, that you feel more comfortable, that you feel your dollar is um, better spent uh, doing. So that's my advice. And it's kind of across the board with any financial product. If you feel as though you're not getting your money's worth, um, that there are other better things out there for you, explore them, explore those better options, and then come to making a more educated choice at that point. Sriti asks, hey, Farnish, what is the difference between a Roth 401k and a Roth IRA? My current employer offers 401k and Roth 401k, and I'm funding both. And I've been thinking to start a Roth IRA also. Should I? Love your podcast. Thanks. Well, Sriti, I think that uh, it's a good question. There are many differences between a Roth 401k and a Roth IRA. So 
some of the bigger differences. A Roth 401k, because it's a 401k essentially, allows you to contribute more annually than a Roth IRA. The limit this year for a Roth 401k is 17,500. It's 23,000 if you're age 50 or older. With a traditional, or sorry, with a Roth IRA, you have um, a much smaller contribution limit. I believe it's 5,500 and then an extra $1,000 if you're 50 or older for catch-up contributions. So if you feel as though you've maxed out your 401k at work, your Roth 401k, you want to contribute more to retirement, a Roth IRA could be a great vehicle for you. Uh, Another difference between a Roth 401k and a Roth IRA, distributions. One of the benefits of the Roth IRA is that the account can exist pretty much in perpetuity forever um, without any minimum required distributions. Um, But a Roth 401k, you will have to start making distributions at 70 and a half years old. Something else to keep in mind about a Roth 401k is that, well, another I think is an advantage potentially is if your employer offers a match, then you get to take advantage of that match. With a Roth IRA, there is no match. And then, uh, but to flip it, a Roth IRA, a lot of times people like to have some investment vehicle outside of their work plan because it exposes them to a lot more investment options. So the 401k plan at work or the whatever whatever you have, it's whether it's a 403b or 401k, a lot of times there is a limited basket of funds that you can choose from. So if you like those funds, great. If you don't, maybe you want to shop around for something uh, supplementary like a Roth IRA or a traditional IRA outside of your work's benefit uh, retirement plan. So that is great too, I think, because it, you know, more options, um, more chances to be diversified, more chances to find low fee funds, et cetera. And so those are the differences. Should you have both? Um, I mean, if you is after hearing this, if you think that there are benefits to having an, another retirement account outside of work, like you want to start, you want to contribute even more to retirement, uh, you want to have access to more investment options, then uh, a Roth IRA could be another great way to diversify your retirement approach. All right, Tree, thanks so much for your question. And that is a wrap for this Sunday. Thanks so much for tuning in. It's going to be another great week of reruns this week, actually. We've got reruns this week with Tony Robbins, Tim Ferriss, uh, Seth Godin, Danielle Laporte, Gretchen Rubin. So if you miss any of those uh, top podcasts that I aired earlier in the year, uh, don't fret. They will be back this week at front and center. So thank you so much for tuning in. And thank you to Shriti and Chris and Marianne and Jason for your fantastic questions. Love them, guys. Keep them coming. In the meantime, hope your day is so money.